Energy prices see a big increase as we enter 2023. I'm Matt Hoffman, and this is KPBS Roundtable. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year, we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. Twenty twenty three has arrived, and with it comes a doubling of natural gas prices for San Diegans. This latest rise in energy prices comes in the middle of what many are calling a cost of living crisis. The high cost of housing in the region it usually gets the brunt of the blame, but it's not the only source. San Diego is home to some of the nation's highest gas and electricity prices, and now the state is promising to investigate. Here to help us better understand the hows and whys of what's been happening, as well as talk about where energy may be heading in California are. Rob Nicoleski, he's the energy reporter with the San Diego Union-Tribune, and KPBS's environment reporter Eric Anderson is here with us again. I want to thank you both so much for joining us here on Roundtable. You know, in what's becoming something of a winter tradition, San Diegans saw an increase in energy prices to ring in the new year. It's led to more than a doubling in gas prices for many customers. So, Rob and Eric, simple question, what's going on here? Eric, we'll start with you and then Rob, jump in. Yeah, I think this is the kind of a, a winter tradition that San Diego could uh, willingly uh, live without. But for the second year in a row, price of natural gas on the open market has gone up sharply, and that's been immediately reflected in the bills of local customers. Uh, and it's a dramatic impact for this month. Uh, the cost of a utility bill, if you look at last January and your bill was about 100 bucks. The cost of your utility bill this January, if you use the same amount of energy, is going to be more than twice that. So quite a wake-up call for uh, San Diego uh, customers who have natural gas in their home. Yeah, it's it's the natural gas customers who are really getting socked. SDG&E expects people who have natural gas hookups in their homes to uh, see their bills double. If you're just an electric customer, you will see an increase, but not nearly as dramatic. And Rob, it sounds like that the state agency responsible for overseeing public utilities is launching an investigation into these rising natural gas costs. Do we have any idea of what we can expect there? Well, the uh, California Public Utilities Commission uh, yesterday said that they're going to do an examination. They're going to take a look at the root causes of this spike in natural gas prices. I was talking to the director of the Public Advocates Office, which is the independent arm of the CPUC yesterday. He says he doesn't see any evidence that there's any market manipulation, but they want to do an examination nonetheless. And also, uh, the California Public Utilities Commission and the Public Advocates Office 
They're looking at uh, trying to get some people at least some short-term relief. And they're talking about um, moving the climate credits that natural gas customers get. Normally, it averages about $40 a year. Every year, natural gas customers get what's called a climate credit. The money comes from the cap and trade uh, program that's uh, done in California. And every utility across California does that. It comes out to about $40. Normally, it goes uh, out in April. And they're talking about moving it up into the February billing cycle. So that could deflect at least deduct 40 to $50 off people's uh, natural gas bills. I know I'm definitely happy to see that credit on my bill when it comes. But we know that sdg says that they're just passing along the market cost of energy to consumers here. Eric, so generally, if they don't make money there, how do they? Well, they do a couple of things. First of all, uh, they pay for gas, the market price of gas, which is what we're, where the big increase is uh, during this month. And, and where that comes from is uh, the utility buys the gas a year out, they put it on contracts, but the contracts are indexed. So it's not like they buy a set price a year in advance. They buy the contract with a price that's indexed to certain uh, market measurements. And what happened is, is those indexes just like took off uh, for a number of reasons here in Southern California. And that really shot up the price of gas. Where SDG&E makes their money is in the delivery fee, right? The infrastructure that they build. It's uh, uh, much like they do with the electricity uh, bill. The infrastructure that they build, um, they get a certain rate of return on that. Uh, the delivery fees that they they charge to, to bring the gas, uh, the pipelines, all those things is where they make their money. Yeah, I just want to jump in there. Part of that infrastructure, that can be not just the delivery fees, but it's also the public purpose programs and other programs that sometimes the legislature tells the California Public Utilities Commission to t- direct the utilities to do, for example, like EV charging stations. If the utility in a given area of California, and SDG&E certainly is involved in EV charging stations, if they're going to start building EV charging stations, they get approval from the CPUC, they get a rate of return of about 9 or 10%. So that's a big reason why. That's a big reason how utilities are able to make money rather than through the actual commodity price of, a, of electricity or natural gas. And Rob, natural gas, it's measured in therms. Can you explain what exactly those are and how they fit into this big jump in prices that we're seeing? Basically, a therm is a unit of natural gas, a British thermal unit. Think of it as the same way that a gallon of gasoline is charged when you go to the gas pump as well. Like if you go to the gas pump, you're paying X number of dollars per gallon. That's basically what a therm is, only on the natural gas side. And both of you have been writing a lot about this. And Rob, in a recent article, you tackled one question that a lot of people have had. Why are gas rates increasing so dramatically in San Diego, yet the price of natural gas elsewhere in the country has been decreasing? I mean, sort of what's like the rub here? Well, it's a couple of things. Um, Basically, California is kind of an energy island. Uh, when it comes to natural gas, because we're separated by the Rocky Mountains and a large stretch of the desert down in the southwest. And so basically, the uh, the natural gas that might be able to be delivered in other parts of the country has to go through California in rather constrained ways. Uh, normally, that's not a problem, but this time it has been. Also, a big factor is weather. Um, 
while the weather here in California in the last month or so has been colder than normal, wetter than normal, people are cranking up their natural gas heating uh, devices to heat their homes. And that leads to using more natural gas that sinks inventories. While in other parts of the country, who got very cold in December and right around Christmas time, it's been unseasonably warm over large parts of the country. So in the inverse or the reverse of what's happening here in California, people are using less natural gas in other parts of the country. So from what energy experts tell me is that because one area of the country might have a lot of natural gas doesn't mean that they're going to another area of the country, especially out in the West, California, Oregon, and Washington, doesn't mean that they're going to have a lot of natural gas. And talking about impact here, do either of you know how many natural gas customers we're talking about in San Diego, like maybe as opposed to solely electric? Well, San Diego Gas and Electric has roughly 3.7 million customers in their territory, in their region. And of those, about 905,000 also have gas in their house or residence. So it's about a third, a little bit more than a third of of the customers have both gas and electric in San Diego County. But a thing to keep in mind here, too, is the trend line is away from uh, gas. Uh, Some of the state agencies that regulate air pollution have already made moves to kind of degasify uh, the state's economy. For example, the California Air Resources Board recently uh, passed a measure that would not allow uh, retailers to sell gas furnaces or gas water heaters in the state after 2030. And that's seen as just one step in that direction. Um, The concern, of course, is natural gas is a fossil fuel. There are emissions that affect the climate. And when when you are trying to get to a, a net zero climate for the state, that's one point that you attack. And we're going to get into that a little bit later in the show, but it sounds like we're talking about, you know, just a little under a million San Diegans or a million San Diego households that are impacted here. And a lot of those residents, they don't seem pleased with these sdg increases. Even my barber, when I was getting a haircut, was complaining about it. But Eric, what have you been hearing about how these upticks are impacting everyday San Diegans? Sure. It's not hard to find someone who's who's willing to complain about San Diego Gas and Electric because they are a monopoly utility and they have been for many, many years. But I think that there are real concerns about this particular price increase. It is, you know, three times higher uh, than it was last year. Um, the the actual commodity price is over three dollars. It was about a dollar five last year. And that's creating real hardship. Uh, now, in fairness, utility officials say there are a lot of programs out there uh, to help, but there's also uh, many people in a situation where they feel like they've done everything that they can. I talked to uh, Krasna Svoboda a little bit earlier this week about her situation. She's an elderly woman who lives in Oceanside, uh, and she said she just she finds it difficult. This is what she had to say to me. It, can, it concerns me greatly. Um, it's one of the costs that you can only drive it down so far in terms of usage, unless you want to sit in the dark, you know. And um, I think I've done everything that I am capable of doing to minimize my usage, except sitting in the dark. So I'm not sure exactly what to do. I'll just have to cut back on other things. And that's really the double-edged sword here is when energy prices climb dramatically in the course of a month, people on fixed incomes are devastated. 
uh, and they have to make difficult choices. I was talking to a, a, a national official earlier this week who told me that it's unusual to have these kinds of price spikes and it puts people in a difficult situation because if you lose your power, you lose contact with your society. There's no internet, there's no television, there's no light, there's no heat. Losing your power is really a dramatic step. And then in order to keep that on, where do you sacrifice if you don't have the financial flexibility? And I think that's a choice that lots of people are, are asking themselves and dealing with these days. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year, we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. You're listening to KPBS Roundtable. We're talking about energy prices in San Diego this week. Our guests are Rob Nicoleski from the San Diego Union-Tribune and KPBS's Eric Anderson. Rob, in response to some of this outcry, San Diego Gas and Electric, they announced a grant program to help relieve some of the stress here, but it's only for certain customers. Do we know how this program will work, and is there any idea of how impactful it could be? Well, customers who, who are three months behind on their bill payments and can demonstrate that they cannot pay their bills, they can take part in this program that sdg put up a million dollars for and announced earlier in the week. And um, what you can do if you qualify under that circumstance, you can dial 211 in San Diego County, and they'll get you in touch with a nonprofit organization that's working with SCG&E to help you qualify. You can get a one-time grant of $300. Now, if someone in your family is on the medical baseline program, in other words, they, they, they've got a situation where they need electricity to keep their medical devices going, you can be eligible up for up to $400. And I believe that they said that this was shareholder money. That's SDG&E, that is. I mean, are they sort of saying, hey, we're, we're doing this out of goodwill and don't point the finger at us. Like, we're not the ones that are making these price increases. Yeah, I think so. I mean, these are shareholder dollars, $1 million rather than ratepayer sellers. So, it's not, so this program is not coming out of ratepayer expense. But I think also it's it's a drop in the bucket. It's a very small amount considering what the utility is dealing with. Uh, when I was talking to San Diego Gas and Electric officials earlier this week, they told me that they have $200 million in outstanding debt. That means uh, money that is owed to them uh, for gas and electricity that they've provided. $200 million. Says they have some 341000 of their 905000 of all their customers, of their 3.7 million customers, 341,000 are at least 30 days late on their bill. Uh, a large percentage of that, probably 97 percentage of that, those people are 60 days in arrears on their bill. So this is creating a, a financial issue, not only 
for the customers who are trying to make ends meet on a on a daily basis, but also for the utility, which, um, you know, if they don't get that money from those customers, they will shift that cost into the customers who are paying. So it will raise the rates even more if they can't collect on that $200 million. And there's some other efforts to help people try and pay their bills. The state's CAP program, it was put into place to help those who fall behind because of the pandemic. And CAP stands for the California Arrearage Payment Program. Eric, what exactly was that? And what's the status of those payments today? Have they gone out? Are they stopping going out? Well, that CAP CAP program was put in place to help people because of COVID. Uh, Back in 2020, uh, you know, a lot of people couldn't afford to pay their bills because they weren't working and a lot of debt piled up. The California legislature approved a $61 million roughly payment to help kind of erase some of that debt from 2020. Uh, there's another round of debt repayment coming, another $52 million or so dollars that the utility is going to start taking off of people's past due debts this month. Those, you know, those reductions will start showing up in people's bills at the end of this month, uh, and they'll happen for the next couple of months. You know, how much you get reduced depends on how much you owe, et cetera. But it's an effort to make it a little bit easier on people who are bad by the pandemic. Um, And it's also helping in a way uh, kind of reduce this outstanding uh, debt problem for the state. But basically what it is, it's California taxpayers are stepping up and getting rid of this debt to keep people and the utility out of trouble. With the pandemic, SDG&E, they had not been cutting off powers for customers with unpaid bills, but those pandemic era protections, they've now gone away. Rob, do we expect to see shutoffs coming to San Diego soon? Or I don't know if they have already. Well, I talked to San Diego gas and electric officials the other day about this. And they said that that since March of 2020, since the pandemic began, they have not cut off customers uh, for non-payment or being behind on their bills. Uh, So we'll see what happens down the road. But as of right now, they said that they have not cut off anyone since March of 2020. I just want to kind of add in, I I do think that they are getting to the point where sometime this year, I'm I'm not sure when, but sometime this year, that's going to happen because I I think what they're looking at is that they can't keep having this debt grow and grow and grow. uh, And they fear that uh, if people have no stick out there to get them to pay their bill, that they maybe don't think about it and don't worry about it and don't pay it. And they may have to return to that uh, as kind of the stick uh, to 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 encourage people to begin paying their bill, knowing that at some point they could lose service. Eric, you did mention this a little bit earlier. You've reported on some statewide efforts to move away from natural gas and replace them with more electric solutions. Bans on gas-powered furnaces and water heaters, they're set to take effect in the coming years, as you mentioned. Do we know if this is part of a broader effort to move away from natural gas in California? Uh, Yeah, it is. And you look at some of the uh, climate-related plans for the state, the the efforts to move to net zero energy, this is a part of it. It's finding a way to get natural gas out of buildings that have it and finding a way to keep natural gas from being put into new buildings that are being built. There are a number of different municipalities around the state that have already uh, said, if you build a new house in our community, we only want that house to be powered by electricity, no natural gas. And so it's definitely a trend in that direction. 
And because of the urgency of the climate crisis and the and the desire to get to that net zero goal, I think that you'll see momentum in that direction. And Rob, do you have any thoughts here? Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me because California is certainly making that effort to go to more uh, electricity and try to go to all electricity. California uh, wants to derive 100% of its electricity by 2035 from non-fossil fuel sources, from sources that don't uh, emit any carbon. But as Eric mentioned earlier, it's going to be hard to do that right now because the facts are that the only other state other than uh, California that uses more natural gas on a daily basis is Texas. Natural gas is a major portion, a major source of electricity generation in California. As we've talked about, and I think both of your reporting does a good job of showing this, there's a larger issue here in San Diego and really across California, and that's just energy affordability. Eric, I know you're working on an upcoming story about all this. What's sort of the trend that you're seeing there? Yeah, I think this is a this is a huge problem for uh, not only the state of California but the investor-owned utilities here in California as well. Um, they are doing what they have been directed to do by the California Public Utilities Commission. Um, they're you know charging for electricity inside of rates, and I think that's where the nub of the problem may be. When you pay for electricity, for example you're paying less than half of that cost to produce the electricity with slightly more than half of that cost uh, being other associated costs, whether that's transmission lines, whether it's construction of, of batteries, whether uh, it's all kinds of infrastructure, whether it's power plants that you built 20 years ago that you're still paying bonds on, uh, stranded assets. Um, all those things are in the price of what you buy when you buy electricity. And there's many people are starting to talk about this idea that maybe that's not the best way to charge for energy uh, in order to keep it affordable and to keep it accessible for customers. Uh, utilities are pushing their version of rate reform. Um, you've seen it a couple of times in some of the filings that SDG&E has made. They'd like to have a flat fee that's just like a connection fee, a demand charge like they do on the commercial side, and then add on the cost for use. Uh, but where that ends up, I think, is still a matter of debate among California regulators. There's a chance that the California legislature could get involved as well, and that makes it a political issue. And Rob, are you seeing any movement in either local leaders or maybe even those in Sacramento you know, trying to tackle this issue of energy affordability? Yeah, I think that's a major issue because just as this particular issue with spiking natural gas prices is, is is making average Californians, average San Diegans very angry, this is kind of where the rubber is hitting the road because California has always, or at least in the last couple of decades, had higher electricity rates, higher utility rates than other uh, areas of the country. And now I think it's getting to the point where lower income people, middle income people are having lots of problems and they're, and they're angry about it and they're letting their legislators know about it. The CPUC has been talking about this. They had uh, a brainstorming session last year where they had a number of people talking about some of the things that Eric was talking about, like how can we change the way energy or electricity rates are charged. Uh, one of the um, one interesting proposal that would came from uh, some energy analysts from UC Berkeley would be taking the idea of 
just the electricity and separating that from other programs like public purpose programs, such as wildfire mitigation. SDG&E spent, spent about $3 billion on wildfire mitigation since the 2007 devastating wildfires. But that goes into rates. And there's the people at UC Berkeley are talking about, well, if we were able to separate and just have an electricity bill, an energy bill that is isolated into the energy sector and passing that on as the electricity bill and these other public purpose programs like wildfire mitigation, EV charging stations, batteries, having that go through the state legislature and having those funded by the general fund rather than going through rates. That's been some of the debate that's just heating up. And I think it's going to get even more percolating uh, in the uh, coming months and maybe in the next year or so. Yeah. And one of the other ideas that they're floating around that I've heard uh, from a number of different people is having a sort of income-based rate. So depending on how much money you make, that's what you pay for your electricity bill. And the idea there is to make it more equitable. It would take a lot of pressure off of the lower income uh, families that are trying to to keep the electricity on in their house and the, the gas on in their house and put some of the burden uh, on those that, that can afford to pay it. But that's just a something that they're considering. And Rob mentioned the CPUC there. Again, they're the California Public Utilities Commission. And final thoughts before we go. Simple question, where could this all be going? I think uh, rate reform, you're going to start to hear more things about rate reform. I'm also interested in, in, in seeing how the solar industry performs this year once the new net energy metering rules go into effect. Uh, because if there is a huge drop in the amount of adoption of solar in California as a result of those rule changes, that will have an impact on some of the state's climate goals. And so it may prompt uh, the legislature to get involved. It, it's something that we'll track and we'll keep watching and see what develops there. Yeah, I, I think that affordability is going to be an increasingly important uh, issue uh, because it's getting it's expensive now, and by all indications, it's going to get more expensive. The CPUC has had a number of reports that have indicated the growth chart in rates, and also the California Independent System Operator, the nonprofit that manages the electric grid in California, they had a 20-year outlook that they released about nine months ago, and they said that using with a, an electric grid that California is trying to seek, that with lots and lots of renewables in the system, that would cost $30.5 billion in transmission costs alone. So this, this transition is going to be very expensive and we're going to have to figure out a way in order to make sure that people, average people can afford to pay their bills so they can keep their lights on because getting, having electricity and having access to elect electricity is so important to people. And as Rob did mention earlier, if you are facing difficulties from these price increases, you can call 211 to learn more about SDG&E's assistance program. And we're going to have to end it there for this week's edition of KPBS Roundtable. And I want to thank our guests so much, Rob Nicoleski from the San Diego Union-Tribune and KPBS's Eric Anderson. Be sure to stream our show anytime as a podcast. Roundtable is produced by Andrew Bracken, and Adrian Villalobos is our technical director. I'm your host, Matt Hoffman. Thanks so much for being here with us, and have a great weekend. KPBS On Demand is supported by Under the Sun Foundation. 
presenting the Candlewood Arts Festival in Borrego Springs, featuring temporary public art projects that engage community and place. March 23rd. More at candlewoodartsfestival.org.